With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Do not, do not, do not touch that dial. You heard the man. It's time for Fox Sports Sunday. And the 2022 sports calendar is off to a rousing start. And on that note... Please put your seat backs forward, your tray tables upright. We are ready for takeoff. My name is Bernie Fratto. I'm coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, along with my savvy and capable crew. Now, Bull Benson is out tonight. Chris Perfett is out tonight. They're both under the weather. I want to thank Bobo. I want to thank Ricky Herrera for stepping up and pinch hitting. Great job, guys. Appreciate the teamwork. Of course, Brian Finley will be with us on the updates as these gentlemen man the ship from our Los Angeles compound. They'll be turning all the dials, keeping us uh, glued together so we can bring this fine show to a grateful nation. We have got a ton on the agenda tonight, including a deep dive into the Major League Baseball lockout and the negotiations, which... Really, they're not negotiations. They're more of a game of chicken or a test of wills, certainly a crusade on both sides. How we got here, what happens next? Plus, by the way, it looks like legalized sports betting is coming to one of Scott Shapiro's favorite states. I'll talk about that a little later in the show. I'll have details. 
I'm also going to weigh in on Juwan Howard's handshake line situation, have some historical perspective on that, and and since there isn't any baseball right now, maybe we'll have a little fun and share our, some of our favorite baseball movies. You can still watch a baseball movie. We've got that and much, much more. Plus, what kind of brand new fool are you and what my name in the final hour? But first, we take a hard look at the game of chicken, the test of wills, and the crusade known as the Major League Baseball negotiations. The owners said that if there's not a deal in place by Monday, they will start to cancel games. It's a shame because today would have been the first day of regular spring training games. Here's what's happening. The concerns of the players are very far-ranging, but first and foremost, their biggest concern is there's been a shrinking percentage of revenue going to the playoffs, uh, going to the players with Major League Baseball using very creative accounting to show why players are keeping an even share, yet the numbers really don't lie. Okay, the, the big elephant in the room is the CBT, which is the competitive balance tax, which used to be known as the luxury tax. Currently, that threshold is $214 million. The players have asked for $245 million. To give that some perspective, in 2008, when baseball was a $5 billion industry, the luxury tax threshold was 200 or checked at $155 million. Fast forward to 2021, baseball's an $11 billion industry. It's basically doubled, yet the threshold last year was $210 million, so it only goes up 37%. Salaries, you know, Major League Baseball payrolls have dropped. They dropped 4% in 2021, and they've dropped 4.7% since the high of 2017. And baseball payrolls in uh, 2021 were the lowest since 2015. Meanwhile, the game's revenues are rising. So falling payrolls and a drag on payrolls has really sort of sparked the labor unrest that's led to this first work stoppage, and really since 1994. When the collective bargaining agreement expired and the owners locked out the players on December 2nd. Now, why did they lock out the players? I'll tell you why. We've got to go back to 1994. I covered that strike. The collective bargaining agreement uh, that that expired in on December 31st, 1993, uh, meant that the owners and players would have to negotiate a new one. Well, they, do, they agreed to sort of do it in good faith. Uh, there wouldn't be a lockout, and as they got into the season, it became very contentious because it was pretty clear that the owners wanted a salary cap. All the sports have them. They want one, too. Well, they didn't get it. And on May 27th, the players' union voted to strike on August 11th if they didn't have a deal. Well, I began my radio career in June of 94, so I covered this thing. I was right in the middle of it. And none of us could truly believe it. When they actually struck and walked off the field on August 11th, 1994, August 12th, whatever the case may be, uh, Matt Williams had 41 home runs. Would they? Would he catch Roger Maris? Uh, the Cleveland Indians were in first place. It was a glorious season. Everybody said, there's too much money. Everybody's making money. They'll never do this. Well, they did. And then they canceled the World Series. You start to hear some of that same rhetoric now that I heard the, the past few months, and even going back to uh, June of 2020. Just follow my tweet timeline. I've never shied away from the fact that this was coming down the pike because the same dynamic exists because the owners are trying to use the luxury tax and the competitive balance tax as a de facto salary cap. And the truth of the matter is that is what's, I think, grinding the players more than anything else. So what 
the players have looked for maybe are a couple of creative ways on how we can bridge that gap. So, you know, when a, when a, a player enters the major leagues, he doesn't really have the hammer for six years. You've got to be in the league six years before you can be a free agent. Three years for arbitration. So they're talking about the Super 2s. That's a class of players that would be eligible for arbitration before the third year. Can't agree on that. The players have suggested what's called a pre-arbitration bonus pool. What does that mean? Let's say uh, a rookie, Brian Finley, comes out, hits 38 home runs his first year. The Dodgers win the pennant, and he's only making the minimum of 630 grand a year. Well, they, this pool would say, okay, let's give him a million-dollar bonus for such a great year, and then he can march toward his negotiation salary at that as his basis versus 600000 You jump to a million six. Uh, every, win-win for everybody, sort of. So the player said, why don't we put $120 million into a pool that could benefit up to 150 players? The owner said, yeah, we'll agree to that. Why don't we have $10 million in the pool? And they can benefit up to 30 players. Well, they're $100 million apart. That's not really a negotiation. So finally last week, the, the owners raised their demand or raised their offer $5 million up to $15 million and and the players lowered their demand to, you know, what, $115 million. They're still $100 million apart. This is not a negotiation. The minimum salary currently in Major League Baseball is less than uh, all the other sports, including the NHL. So the owners last week uh, agreed a $10,000 increment per season for first four, for four seasons, starting at 640, ending at 680. The players want that threshold to start at 775. They're far apart there. There are about 20 issues that are far apart, okay? But the real elephant in the room is the competitive balance tax. Again, let me reiterate history. Owners wanted a salary cap in 1994. That led to the strike. When they finally dropped the cap idea in February of 95, their fallback position was a luxury tax. That's what it was called then. It was to act as sort of a breaking mechanism against runaway payrolls so large revenue teams wouldn't have an unfair advantage. And then at the time, they asked for 75% tax on $35 million payrolls as the first threshold. And I tell you what, I'm not going to go and give you a bunch of numbers and layers because it'll bore everybody to death. But the truth of the matter is every subsequent CBA in the last 27 years has brought tweaks to the tax rates and thresholds. And it's risen incrementally over the years, but not in concert with the amount of revenues that are being brought into Major League Baseball. Now, to be fair... The luxury tax, which is now called the CBT, the competitive balance tax, which was designed to help balance competition. In that regard, you, you can say it's working. No team has repeated as a champion for 21 straight seasons. That's the longest streak in the World Series era. And four of the eight winningest teams over the past CBA, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Milwaukee, and Oakland, they never carried a payroll in the top half in any of those five seasons, although none of those teams have won actually won the World Series. The bottom line is that you have a situation where revenues are growing, payrolls are shrinking. And let's take a closer look at that, all right? Payrolls, as I mentioned, they're down 4.6% from their record high of just under $4.2 billion in 2017. Now, that was the first year of the just-expired CBA. And according to information sent by all the clubs to the commissioner's office, uh, spending on Major League players has not been this low since the $3.9 billion uh, cumulative payroll amount in 2015. Yet, player or baseball revenues 
continue to rise, right? So what are the what are the key differences? Okay, here's the issue. Regarding, uh, let's take the arbitration and pre-arbitration pool. The union wants to get young players paid more. It's proposed two ways to do so. First, you could get them to arbitration more quickly. Currently, only 22% of the players are arbitration eligible after two years of service time. Now, the union's last proposal was to make it 80% and include $100 million in a bonus pool, which I just said. And for decades, the players have needed three years to reach arbitration. The owners don't want to cave on this issue. This is a key issue. They don't even, they can't even really get to this issue. And people think they're going to get, get a deal done Monday? I, I don't see how. The CBT, which I just talked about, the owners are not going to go to $245 million per team. That's what the players want. The uh, It's currently at 214 Now, somebody thought there was progress made. Today, you tell me if you think this is a negotiation or a slap in the face. They, they walked into their meetings today in Florida, and when they walked in, the players had been offered $214 million per team as the luxury tax threshold per team. The owners raised it $1 million to take effect in 2023. Mind you, not this year, to take effect in 2023. They raised it from 214 to 215. Does that sound like negotiation to you? They still got to fight about minimum salaries and, again, the, the, the revenue sharing. This has been in the works for a while. I know that the players' union has been angry since 2016. You could say they lost that last negotiation, all right? And they remain dissatisfied with their share of the revenues, and they're very frustrated in the belief that any of the owners' latest proposals or future proposals just aren't going to do enough to improve their overall standing. And so you basically have, here's what's happening, you have three extremely contentious issues which they're really not tackling in those meetings. The collective bargaining tax, in which they're about $31 million apart per year. Again, the players want that threshold to be $245 million per team, not $214 million per team. And that means any of the teams could spend up to $245 million per team without having to pay the luxury tax. And mind you, if you don't think it's acting as a de facto salary cap, there were only two teams last year that exceeded the threshold of $210 million of the CBT. That was the Dodgers and Padres. Several other teams came up close and butted up against it, but they didn't cross over it. So you have that situation. The second situation is the pre-arbitration bonus pool. All right, you can't get to, you can't get to arbitration for three years, can't get to free agency for six years, but if a guy has a bust-out season, Let's set aside $120 million in a pool to reward players who have outperformed their contract in their first or second year. Throw them a bone, give them a bonus. The owners agreed to it. They just agreed to amount around $15 million instead of $120 million. Unreal. That doesn't feel like a negotiation to me. Then the minimum salary. The players want the threshold to start at $775,000 a year. The owners want to start it at six hundred and forty. That's three of about 17 to 20 issues that are unresolved, but those are the key three ones. Why does it feel like 94? Because the owners are pulling for a drag in salaries, even though the game is growing. Regardless of what you may think, or regardless of whose side you're on, and keep in mind, during the strike of 1994, the New York Times did a poll, and about 80% of the players, or 80% of the respondents were on the side of the owners. Uh, I, I saw a poll the other day. 
about 60% of the folks are on the side of the players now because they're really not asking for more. They're just asking to keep what they've already had. Why are revenues going up and payrolls going down? There's one other thing about this, and it, it has to do with what I characterize as a moral component. I feel the owners are playing dirty pool. Now, I'm sure you all remember back in 2015 when Chris Bryant was all set to be called up to the Chicago Cubs. He was major league ready. He was ready to step right into the starting lineup. But they kept him out of the big leagues until April 16th. They delayed his debut into the major leagues until April 16th. Why did they do that? Here's why. They wanted to intentionally delay his ability to march toward his eligibility for free agency in six years. If he'd have been on the roster day one that first year, he would have accumulated one of six years toward his eligibility for free agency. Now, let me spell this out for you. A Major League Baseball season consists of about 166, 186 days on the roster. If you're on the roster for the full season, you're on the roster for about 186 days. But you only need 172 days on a major league roster to be considered a full year of service, which would be one of the six years you need to be eligible for free agency or one of the three years you need to be eligible for uh, arbitration. So by keeping Chris Bryant out, he only accumulated 171 days that year. They made him fall short by one day. You tell me, does that sound like dirty pool to you? Does that sound like a moral turpitude issue to you? There is a moral component to this. It doesn't feel like the owners are fighting fair. And I got to tell you, I think the, the players might start to win in the court of public opinion for a simple reason. Most of us by now, it's not 1994. We didn't have social media then. You didn't have Netflix then. By now, a lot of folks have seen a lot of Netflix specials about billionaires. And if you get to be a billionaire... I don't want to cast aspersions, but it's fairly likely you're a tough customer and you stepped over some smaller people to try to get to where you wanted to get. Let's bring in the crew. We've got some great sports fans, Bobo, Ricky, Brian, and uh, I want to hear what they've got to say. So uh, we'll bring those guys in and we'll chop this up and get their thoughts on the baseball debacle currently known as a negotiation. I'm calling it a test of wills, a game of chicken. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We are talking the Major League Baseball debacle negotiations, better known as a game of chicken, a test of wills. And meanwhile, our own Burns, we could have had spring training baseball today. The regular season would have been slated to start a uh, four weeks. Check that four weeks from Thursday. I don't think it's going to happen on time. Bobo, let's get your thoughts. You're a learned man. Um, what up, Bernie? First of all, thanks for having me today. Bobo, thanks for jumping in under these conditions. It's not easy. I want everybody to know Bobo stepped up. Sometimes guys get sick. Nice job, Bobo. Hey, it's no problem. Uh, my thing on this whole, I don't know if you want to call it, uh, I don't, I don't know what to call it, man. It's to me, it's always just rich people fighting on who needs more money. Like that, that's all it is to me. Like, I, and I mean, the owners are getting all this money. They never want to share it. The players want more money. I don't know. It's just weird to me. I love baseball. I, I would like for it to start, but they just need to figure it out. I don't see what the problem is with them raising the minimum salary. Would you say the six hundred and forty to seven hundred and twenty? Well, the owner's threshold is at six forty, and the players want it to start at seven seventy-five. I don't see a problem with that. That's not that big of a deal. A ticket price is going to go up a little bit, but I mean. It's 186 games. You can spread it out over a couple of games, and they'll make it up. Just give it to them. They just don't want to cough up the money. We need a radio thing like that. Start a radio petition for all of us to get some money. Because I swear. Well, uh, see, see, okay, you bring up an interesting point. There, you can draw a parallel here. This is a game that's grown from $1 billion to $5 billion to $11 billion since the strike in 94. So the game's in good shape. What I don't understand is if the revenues rise, why don't they continue to rise in concert with the players? It's like saying, Bobo, you've done a great job. You haven't missed any work. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, your work's great. Uh, we're going to go ahead and cut your pay for 3%. Why? Wow, why? you know this place? I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't say that out loud, did I? <laughs> so, but look, you're not wrong, Bobo, in the sense that they're basically fighting about a way to div divide up $11 billion. And the reason I'm so angry is because – to get from $1 billion to $11 billion, you had to have an econometric model that was working. So why mess with something that is working? Brian Finley, your thoughts? Yeah, Bernie, it's sad. It's disgusting. It's not like we didn't see this coming. You were one of the first people, Bernie, to mention that this was going to happen, that the sides would sort of hit a stalemate, and there was that potential of games being canceled and that's what it looks like again barring something 11th hour here by monday if both sides don't agree on something then they are going to cancel games in regards 
to the regular season. And I just feel like I think Bobo brought up a great point. For the common man, it all looks so petty. It all looks like, my goodness, what is one hundred thousand this or a million that to somebody that already is is well off and and that's a perception out there but I just feel bad for the fan because they're being pulled through this and I feel like it's going to have an alienating factor on them and it's not like Major League Baseball can't rebound from this Bernie because you've been talking about the strike in 94 and how despite that fans have come and banded back together and the money has gone up but more so than anything, I think we got to be really wary of the fan. And I know that gets lost in this conversation, but, you know, how many people depend upon... Let's just talk about the, the concession concession workers and, and, and all those who depend on getting a paycheck from right. baseball. Good point. These are people that are providing for their families. Like, they're not getting the multi-million dollar contracts, Bernie, as you know. They get forgotten here. And it's sad that they get forgotten, and we. I just want to give more attention to them. That's all fair, uh, Ricky Herrera. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Bernie. Credit to you. Uh, you did. You did call this one. And I'm um, looking at the definition of negotiation: a, a discussion aimed at reaching an agreement. But this doesn't feel like that uh, whatsoever in terms of uh, the owner's approach to this whole um, CBA debacle. And uh, like Brian said, uh, no, no one, no one's winning. The o- the only ones winning during this uh, negotiation are the the owners because they're they're essentially not affected by it. So it's a, a sad situation all around. I'm just saying, hundred thousand dollars changed my life. That's all I'm saying. You live in L.A., you already know how much rent is out here. I had to pay my rent for six days. Like, come on, the gas price is going up too. Hundred thousand, please. <laughs> You're not wrong. By the way, real quickly, do you have a dictionary in front of you, Ricky? And I'm being serious here. Do you have it like you can call it up on the Internet or whatever? Yep. yep. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look up the word intransigence, I-N-T-R-A-N-S-I-G-E-N-C-E, and read the definition. That's what I characterized in 94, and that's what I characterize now. When you read the definition, I think you're going to see, wait a minute, this is kind of how both sides are acting. Let me know when you have it called up, because go ahead. Intransigence, refusal to change one's view or to agree about something. Does that fairly well, you know, sort of uh, characterize what's happening right now? Spot on. So, guys, we're going to continue to follow this. We're going to talk about this a little later in the show. We'll talk about maybe some favorite baseball movies. Eventually, at some point, someone's going to blink. But I don't think it's going to be the players this time. My concern is this could get very ugly. I gave it a 5% chance to get a deal by Monday because you never say never, but I just can't see it. Then what happens beyond that and the sense of urgency and how much pain either side can inflict or how much pain either side can endure will determine how they get back to the table. But, guys, I gave those numbers and those gaps. And the main thing, the real elephant in the room is the competitive balance tax. And until they come to an agreement on that, they're not going to have an agreement on that. Why they weren't discussing that back on December 2nd when the players locked out we're locked out. Rob Manfred said this would, uh, the commissioner Rob Manfred said, this will jumpstart negotiations. Well, why the hell did you wait 43 days before you sat down at the table for 15 minutes? That's why they lose credibility. Be that as it may, I'm a slappy. The minute they're back on the field, I'm all over it like a hobo on a ham sandwich. 
Coming up, by the way, I mentioned this earlier in the open, legalized sports betting is coming to Scott Shapiro's favorite state. I'll have details. But first, let's go to the man. He's in the starting rotation for the Los Angeles Dodgers if they ever get back on the field. It's Brian Finley. Brian Fastball Finley with the latest. Ooh, I like that, Bernie, except I'd rather be with the Padres. I'm a San Diegan, and how dare you include me in the Dodgers. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I got a few holes in my game, you know. You know, you're good. And somebody who's got great game and showed it on the basketball court last night, that would be Kyrie Irving. 38 points, and that led to a Nets 126-123 win against the Bucks. And let's not forget about Bobby Portis here, 30 points and 12 rebounds. Ja Morant put on a show, acrobatic plays all over the place, 46 points for his Memphis Grizzlies as they torched the Bulls 116-110. to The Nuggets got a triple-double out of Nikola Jokic as they are able to find a way against the Kings 115-110. to The Heat take down the Spurs 133-129. to Bam out of bio, 36 points. And how about those Cavs? What LeBron James? They've got 12 games over 500 in regards to their record right now, and they seesaw past the Wizards 92 to 86. In the world of college basketball, a ton of teams were upset inside the top 10 of this week's AP Top 25 poll. That would include number one Gonzaga, their first and only conference loss of the season and they go down at number 23 St. Mary's 67 to 57. Tommy Lloyd who used to be an assistant coach for Gonzaga now leads the number two Arizona Wildcats. Well they fell on the road to Colorado 79 to 63. Third ranked Auburn continues their losing ways as they fell on the road to number 17 Tennessee 67 to 62. Fourth-ranked Purdue had a chance to win it at the end of the second half, a turnover, and then Michigan State is able to prevail 68-65. And then lastly, number 10, Baylor, the national champs from last season, grooving against number 5, Kansas, 80-70. As Bernie mentioned, and we've been discussing, according to several outlets out there, the negotiations between the Major League Baseball Players Association and the league in regards to a new labor deal spiraling in the wrong direction on Saturday as the union wasn't happy with the way things were going. They still, though, have decided to man up and will show up on Sunday for more talks with the league. And that will mark the seventh straight day the sides will convene and still a lot of hurdles between them. We were talking about the money factor earlier in the hour and how both sides are very far apart. But keep in mind, Monday is a huge day, February 28th, because if no deal is done by then, then the league has said that games will be canceled in regards to the regular season. And finally, Bernie, we had a we had an NHL game outside play the Titans Nissan Stadium. It was the Lightning winners against the Predators, three to two. Sixty-eight thousand plus were there. And it was really a cool made-for-television event. With that, let's get it back to a man who's done some television. He's doing it in the radio sphere as well. It's Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks so much, Brian. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, legalized sports betting could be coming to one of Scott Shapiro's favorite states. That's, of course, Minnesota. As I always open my show, it's going to be lit like legal sports betting in Minnesota. You can thank a representative there by the name of Je- uh, Zach Stevenson. Now, they're not home yet. 
Okay, I, they, Minnesota's got some hurdles, but the train is on the track, and he's one of the uh, he's in the Minnesota legislature, and he's a, an admitted uh, daily fantasy league player, and he hails from the great city of Coon Rapids. Minnesota, a place I've actually been to. Uh, I went to a pool hall there once, had some pancakes, probably too much information. Uh, but uh, a good buddy of mine, Dave Sweet, a Minnesota native, he took me He took me there. So what's interesting is there are 26 states in the District of Columbia that have adopted some form of legalized betting on college and professional sports. But Minnesota is about to get in line to be another one. What has to happen is Zach Stevenson has to put together a bill, and they're getting very close, all right? A year ago, he started to do it, and they got tied up with the state budget, and they had the COVID pandemic, or this might have been done by now. But since then, uh, he's met, Zach Stevenson has met with all 11 recognized tribal councils in Minnesota, all of the professional sports teams, the colleges, companies involved, and there's been a lot of conversations in Minnesota lawmakers on both parties, they've actually introduced sport, uh, uh, sports betting bills since the Supreme Court's 2018 ruling, uh, but they haven't had a lot of success. However, according to an analysis by the National Conference of State Legislatures, when you look at the states that have legalized sports betting and the and the states that are negotiating, although Minnesota is not one of them, admittedly, they just simply move slower on these types of things. So if I'm a betting man, do I think Minnesota is is going to have sports betting in the next year or two? I do. Uh, the sports betting industry has geared up to begin lobbying in Minnesota, and there's an organization called the Sports Betting Alliance that's actually contacted five lobbyists uh, and I could mention the names of these guys, but it wouldn't really matter. But they're also being supported by, you know, some very substantial companies like FanDuel and DraftKings and BetMGM. And it's the same alliance that's backing the initiative in California. So I think eventually when you see the when you see the numbers coming out of New Jersey and when you when you when you see what has happened nationally and, and when you see just here in Las Vegas, we set a record for Super Bowl betting uh, for a new handle, 179 million up from the previous high of 157 million, which is four years ago. That's incredible. That's incredible growth. Back to Minnesota. One of the main issues that Stevenson is trying to get across is that using cell phones and apps to place bets within the jurisdiction of a tribe or state without crossing political lines has been the biggest challenge. One of the reasons that New Jersey has been so successful in their handle, and I give them top credit for their innovation and top credit for using the latest technology so you don't have to walk into a brick-and-mortar facility to place your bet. You can do it right from your phone. You can open up an account on your phone. There is there's plenty of choices and great apps out there. And not only that, it enables you to take part in in-game betting and halftime betting and prop betting, these types of things, without ever really leaving your living room, and it's all legal. And, and the industry is really now dominated by mobile gambling. And the truth, the truth of the matter is, this Minnesota would, and this is where I give Zach Stevenson a lot of credit, he realizes the state would stand to lose a ton of control, a ton of revenue, if it doesn't allow mobile betting and again you create a situation where you don't have to get in the car and go to a, a, a 
brick and mortar sports book, which is still something that if you if you have one by, it's fun to do, fun to go hang out, watch a game, and do it all the time here in Las Vegas. So the long and the short of it is a, re- a report released a couple weeks ago by a national research firm. I hope I pronounced it right. These guys are great guys that send me emails all the time. They're Ellers and Krajic, I believe is how you pronounce it. They estimate that the revenue via state-sanctioned sports betting reached over $4.3 billion in 2021. Now, that's a 179% increase over the previous year. That's the amount wagered minus the amount paid out to bettors in winnings. That's an incredible number. I'll give you a perspective on how big that number is. If you started to count from one to a million, one second at a time, it would take you 12 days. If you started to count from one to one billion, one second at a time, that 12 days jumps to 33 years. When you're talking 4.3 billion, you're talking a very robust number. And I think Stevenson, Zach Stevenson, and the lawmakers and the House and the Senate, all friends, all DFLers, they back legalized sports betting, and they believe it can produce revenue for the state. The long and the short of it is, can Minnesota be part of the mix as one of the states that has legalized sports betting here in the not-too-distant future? I say yes. Coming up, we bring you back out to Las Vegas. Mackinac Sports, Mackenzie Rivers. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Yes, the events in Ukraine have affected the world of sports, and he'll tell you why. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 3M. At this time, we bring you back out to Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't leave without him. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie, uh, we have a worldwide event that is taking place. Uh, that is frankly tragic in my view. However, uh, uh, like a lot of things, it can disrupt the world of sports, and this is no different. Yes, Polish superstar Robert Lewandowski said Russian footballers and fans are not responsible for this, obviously talking about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but we cannot pretend that nothing is happening. I think that's a very powerful statement, especially coming from him. A little context for you that are not as involved with the soccer community. How good is Robert Lewandowski? Well, there's been three players in the last 50 years to score 50 goals in a season. Maybe you heard of the first two. Messi did it, Ronaldo did it, and Robert Lewandowski did it. And he made a big statement today. Not only him, but the Polish Federation. They're scheduled to play in March, Russia Federation, for a chance to go to the 2022 World Cup. It's it's the playoffs. It's the biggest game of the World Cup season, you know, entering the World Cup, and they're not going to play it. Poland has refused to yep. play Russia because of the conflict, and Sweden just recently joined them in that, and that they're not going to play Russia. So it remains to be determined. Obviously, you know, lots of dollars at stake, lots of pride at stake. You know, people work their whole lives to try to be part of the World Cup. So it's a very difficult and fascinating dilemma. What do you think should happen? There's three teams vying for well, one playoff spot. One of them's Russia. The other two teams don't want to play them. So let's set this up. Poland, as you said, with Rob, you know, featured by Robert Lewandowski. Chris did that in one of his soccer reports a few weeks back. 
That it's my understanding that that game versus Russia, the winner of that game automatically advanced to the World Cup. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So does Poland forfeit now? Are they out? They're, they're sacrificing the World Cup. Well, it's it's a it's a pool, and there's four teams vying for two spots, and two of those teams uh, are Russia. Three of those teams are Russia, Sweden, and Poland. Two of them are, are opting out, and the other one, the other third team that's vying for that fourth playoff spot, I don't have that name right in front of me, of oh, the Czech Republic. But And that's a question whether or not the Czech Republic is going to make a stand and say, I'm not going to play Russia. If they do, if all three do, then arguably the three could you know, kind of skirt Russia to the side if they all made that statement. I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's uh, you know, opportunizing a political moment in order to advance in the stage. So that's, it's, it's all up in the air at this moment. I believe UEFA just canceled the tournament in Russia as well, correct? Yes, a huge. I mean, the Super Bowl every year is the Champions League final. Uh, it rivals Super Bowl numbers. 100 million, 200 million worldwide viewers watch this thing. This year, in 2022, it was set to be in St. Petersburg, Russia. We don't know who's going to be in it, but we know like L.A. Rams, I mean, like the L.A. Stadium, we know where it was going to be. Not anymore. A huge, huge, I mean, the biggest sporting event in the world was supposed to be in your hometown and you're and you're and you're selling pretzels, and now they're not going to be there as a Russian citizen. That hurts. That's that's not you know. Uh, it's not a happy thing. We're really on uncharted territory. The only thing I can remotely compare this to, in 1979 when the Russians attacked Afghanistan, Jimmy Carter, who was president at the time, decided we were going to boycott the 1980 Olympics which were to be held in Moscow in 1980, and they, in fact, were. I think there were about 20 or 30 nations who boycotted those Olympics. The Russians paid back the favor when they boycotted the Olympics in 1984 in Los Angeles. I was living in Southern California at the time, went to several Olympic events. Beyond that, in terms of individual sports, where you're talking about team sports like soccer, you know, baseball, football, basketball, I don't know. I think we're on uncharted water here. I have not seen anything affected to this degree and this is a big deal world cup is a big damn deal and poland's got a good team and i'm curious if if begging off of this game causes them to be essentially eliminate themselves i don't think there's one citizen of the world that would want to see poland have to be reprimanded for for this kind of statement because i think most people around the world would agree with this statement Not only soccer and WNBA, I mean, Diana Taurasi has made the majority of her salary in her life in Russia. There's a big question mark is how how many American players will continue to play in Russia. All the players that were playing in the Ukrainian league that are WNBA players have been safely evacuated. It was announced by NBC. Now, uh, I'm a little remiss to say this, but there are betting odds when it comes to yes. things like international invasions. And someone asked us on Twitter, what are the odds that I, Kiev I, I, will right. fall tonight? Well, it's not out there yet, but there are, you know, there's a lot of money out there, a lot of pools out there. There are international, what they call prediction markets, and there are some odds. And I got to say, there's been, um, I've been heartened and inspired by Ukraine fighters, Ukraine sticking in this thing. I didn't think that it would be a conflict. I thought they would lay down arms. Obviously, I'm not oh, no. known, but the market has reacted. Thursday, this line opened. Kiev to fall to Russia by April 1st. It was 90% on Thursday when it looked like it was just going to be a sweep. Now it's down to 70% as 
as Ukrainians are. Well, are, this are gentleman making, who tweeted uh, at us said, said there was there. a line in, in Nigeria, and I, I would have been curious to know what the line was and if it corresponds with your 70%, because as you know, McKenzie, you do this for a living. Lines correspond with percentages of probability. By the way, if you're holding a ticket on Poland to win the World Cup, you could have got them at 200 to 1. So I, this affects the betting markets as well, although this is a you know, a much more benign aspect of this, but that's part of it. So, Mackenzie, you got the last word on this. Yeah, a couple other lines I'll throw at you. German nuclear power, will they be able to be energy independent? Well, they're 50% to get a nuclear power up by 2023. And will Russia do the impossible and bait another country this year? Thankfully, there's only a 5% chance, according to this one prediction market. Man, I got to tell scary, you, though, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yes, you really can literally bet on anything. But as we've talked about here in Las Vegas, it's got to be in a box score, right? And it's got to be, in a, it can't be a situation where you might know the outcome before it's actually done, you know, kind of like the uh, national anthem in the Super Bowl. All right, Mackenzie, you'll be back in an hour with more Mackin on Sports, and we'll pick it up where we left it off. You'll have the NBA Sunday card and three best bets for the NBA on Sunday. Coming up, I want to talk about handshake lines, Juwan Howard, and I want to give my two cents. Keep it locked right here. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Fox Sports Sunday train rolls right on. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live. The Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Two weeks away from Selection Sunday, March Madness. We'll get to some odds a little bit later in the show. The top six teams go down today. That's why this time of year is so much fun. You can script everything but the ending. Speaking of basketball games, Speaking of handshake lines, there was a little incident that took place last week in Wisconsin. And the net result has been uh, Juwan Howard, uh, a five-game suspension. He'll be suspended through the re- remainder of the regular season. And, uh, and he'll, then he'll be re- reinstated uh, for the Big Ten tournament. I'm a little surprised Greg Gard didn't get at least a one-game suspension. And it leads to a larger discussion that I'm going to have right now. 
But first, let's set this up, okay? Because what's been skipped over are the steps that really led to this little scuffle, the, you know, dust up, whatever you want to call it. The optics were, were bad. Beyond that, boys being boys, I guess. Look, there's an old adage, okay? You coach your team, and I'll coach mine. But both coaches, neither of their shorts are clean when you consider what happened. Because in the final minute of Wisconsin's victory over Michigan, they ended up winning 77-63. to Well, Greg Gard called timeout Wisconsin's head coach with 15 seconds left. Now, why did he do that? Well, he had five walk-ons on the floor, and even though Michigan was down by 14 with 15 seconds to go, they had two starters on the floor, and they were pressing Wisconsin. Full-court press. Now, again, you coach your team, I'll coach mine. Greg Gard didn't like that, so he called timeout, calls his guys who barely ever get to play over to the side, didn't want them to be in a situation where they were embarrassed, play resumes, and the game ends. Now, you could say that perhaps this was a teaching moment. Juwan Howard wanted to teach a couple of his players something to do with the full-court press with 15 seconds to go. Can you coach your team? I'll coach mine. Is that plausible? Why not? Maybe. Greg Gard, well, he wanted to teach his players something, so he called timeout. Key is neither coach liked the other's actions, and that triggered a small fracas that really sort of looked, you know, like not such a great event for either Big Ten school. You know, there's an old saying, class never goes out of style, respect never goes out of style. And the truth of the matter is, to a great degree, on the sports field and in the court and on the ice, wherever, to a great degree, your success is predicated on how well you do and how you react when you lose, how you react when things don't go well. Let's go back three or four years. Tony Bennett and Virginia Cavaliers were the first ever 16 seed to lose, or the number one seed to lose to a 16 seed when they lost to Baltimore, Maryland County. But they were classy. There were no post-game issues. They congratulated. And wouldn't you know it, Virginia rebounded and won the following year. That's how you react. Now, look, I know it's easier said than done. Let's, let's unpack this. So the handshake line is proceeding. And again, Juwan Howard tries to walk past Guard without shaking his hands, but tells him, I'll remember this. Now, Guard could have let him go. All right? But in the heat of battle... He stepped in front of him physically and put his hand on him. That escalated the issue. Now Howard's even madder. He puts a finger in Guard's face, and he was yelling probably about the what he considered to be an unnecessary timeout. There could have been a much larger melee, and Howard threw some kind of open-hand slap on top of Wisconsin assistant coach, guy by the name of Joe Krabenhoft, and then a couple of players got involved, and a couple of real punches were thrown, but no one was injured. It was kind of an ugly scene. But in the grand scheme of things, it causes us to reflect and how we as a civilized society deal with situations when they don't go our way. Now, handshake lines have been around forever, and there's been issues forever. In the 90s, Texas high school football, and if you've ever been to a Texas high school football game, they're amazing. They don't play there, man. 
Uh, they get 30,000 fans a game, big-time stadiums. You feel like it's really sensational. Years ago in Texas, a couple of their conferences banned, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking in the 90s, they banned handshake uh, lines at the end of games because there were too many bra- there were too many brawls. It became normal. It was normalized, so they stopped it. Um, you know, players can spit on each other. They can push and shove. And, you know, what is supposed to be a show of sportsmanship, you know, the truth of the matter is something like this happens the other day, and people act like this is a brand-new phenomenon. Handshake lines have had issues for decades, not just in the pros. Well, you really don't have them in the pros, but in college and in high school and even youth leagues, only the NHL has been the most dignified. It's amazing. They beat the crap out of each other in a seven-game playoff series, and then they shake hands. And uh, how they do it, you know, the, the, the emotions are running high, but they still do it. And I think to a great degree, Juwan Howard's a good guy, and he's very likable. He had a bad moment. But I also think the frustration has bubbled up from what's been a, an underachieving season. Michigan was sixth in the country preseason, and now they're on the bubble to make the tournament. And I think Juwan Howard's feeling the heat a little bit from his AD, Ward Manuel. Do I think he's in the hot seat or could get fired? No, but he's feeling heat. And I think it all built to a boil. It wasn't just that game. It wasn't just that timeout. It wasn't just that press and Greg Gard. It was everything adding up. Look, I coached travel baseball uh, in Michigan around the year 2000. We had a, a nice team. I've done it a couple of periods in my life. I had a great Connie Mac team in Southern California in the early 90s. And then around 2000, we had a situation where we got into a tournament in the quarterfinals. We went to shake hands. My kids came back to me, and their hands were all wet. Well, the other team had spit on their hand. And they shook hands with my kids, and these kids were only 13 years old. So I went and confronted their coach, and I said, you owe my team an apology. And the coach said, what happened? He goes, your kids spit on your hands and shook my kids' hands. I got lucky. That guy was a very reasonable man. He went and apologized to my team. He said, I try to teach my kids the fundamentals. It's not always easy to teach sportsmanship. He was a class act. But that was a youth team. Look, these things have happened. There have been chronicled situations of you know high school handshake lines where newspaper articles have been written about hand spitting shoving arguing during post-game handshakes right or you know instead of slapping a high five they slap each other there was even a stories back in the 60s where a gentleman uh, some some trainer who'd been a trainer for uh, new jersey high schools for like 50 years uh, wrote an op-ed piece about this many years ago. He said he, he got knocked to the ground after a brawl once because uh, during the handshake line, a cheerleader got punched, if you can believe it, right? And so there is sort of an element to this. Are we playing with fire? And what we now have is this highly charged society where people get so bent at the drop of a hat And you've got social media where people that are nameless and faceless now have a voice and they can come at you and say what they want. They want power, so they try to steal yours. You're trash-talking each other and during the games and you're knocking each other silly, then bingo, you're supposed to walk down the line and the guy who just got his butt beat has to shake the other guy's hand. Yeah, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. Because the truth of the matter is you learn some of your greatest lessons in life after suffering failure. And again, I think this situation maybe in retrospect is going to be proven to have been a little blown out of uh, out of what I would consider, you know, 
what's the word I'm looking for? They blow out of proportion, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. But the truth of the matter is, uh, in Los Angeles high schools, they banned post-game uh, handshakes back in 1994 because there was a public outcry that there was too much unsportsmanlike conduct having to do with handshake lines after the games. Uh, in Southern Texas, as I mentioned earlier, not only in football in 1997, they did it after volleyball matches as well. In Columbus, Ohio, in the 90s, they didn't have handshake lines. They finally reinstated them in 1997 after a seven-year ban. So you can go on and on, and you talk about the traditional handshake, and I don't really know what the ideology behind the traditional handshake is. You do it in basketball. You do it in high school basketball. You do it in college basketball. You certainly do it in high school football. College football, not so much. Players kind of gravitate to each other. Same with the NFL. You don't do it in the NBA. You only do it in the NHL after uh, a seven-game you know, playoff series or whatever, after a series is ended, after the Stanley Cup Finals. And there's actually a discussion now. Now, I'm of the belief, and I'm going to bring in the crew here in a minute, I'm of the belief, don't change anything. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of games played throughout the course of every season, and in only a, a minuscule portion of those games does something truly happen that would cause you to give you pause, okay? So I, I don't think we run from what has been a tradition. And I'm not really sure how and why the tradition started, but I don't think you throw out the baby with the bathwater. I think part of life and certainly part of advancing in the sports world and being the best person you can be to learn the life lessons you want to learn has to do with your ability to take the L when your team didn't perform that day, but you're going to have a chance maybe to get them next time. All right. And congratulate your opponent do the best you can. I know that's easy to say in the heat of battle when I'm not doing it anymore. I played two sports in high school, played football and, and baseball, played baseball in college, and I had a stint in their Cincinnati Reds organization. You're dealing with highly charged athletes who get ticked off. And I think, again, it's a situation that's worth discussing. When I share something of this nature, I'm not telling you what to say, what to do, or what to think. I'm just trying to give you something to think about. And when you look back on what happened last Sunday, it's a primer that both even our leaders like a Juwan Howard and Greg Gard can be better. And I think maybe they've acknowledged they can be better. Coming up, I want to bring the crew in and get their thoughts on this. Obviously, they have observations and maybe they have an alternative view. Maybe, maybe they feel that the handshake line is an idea whose time has come and gone for multiple reasons. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We're talking about the incident that took place in Wisconsin between Michigan and Wisconsin and the subsequent handshake line kerfuffle and Juwan Howard's five-game suspension. Bobo, what are your thoughts in terms of, A, what was your knee-jerk reaction when you saw what took place in Wisconsin, and do you have a thought on the concept of handshake lines and should they continue? Um, first of all, handshake lines shouldn't continue. Uh, well, you know what? They should. I, I like the fact that it shows, you know, good job and everything like that. Like in UFC, you got two dudes literally beating the crap out of each other, and then at the end of it, you know, they go give each other a handshake and a hug, covering each other's blood, and, you know, good job, good game. Thank right. you for letting my fist hit your face a couple of times, you know, in the last <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I think Jawan, uh, John, I always say his name wrong. Jawan Howard. Uh, yep. Jawan Howard. Um, he overreacted. I, I think he needed more self-control. This is a man that played in the NBA. You've been pushed around by a lot bigger men, a lot stronger and taller guys than the coach that you went face-to-face with. And it wasn't like the guy was holding you when you hit. Like, there was already a crowd there. And you swung across people to reach this dude. I think the the suspension is warranted. I think he needs better self-control. And I do think that the handshake line should continue. It does show a better, like a, you know, just camaraderie, I guess I would say, team sportsmanship. Because in the NBA, I know when any, even in the NFL, when the losing team just walks off the field, that's one of the biggest stories in the media. Tom Brady lost the Super Bowl and left. Like, actually, no, he didn't. He spoke. You guys just didn't see it. No, it's all it's all fair. And uh, the same situation, Cam Newton was unfairly portrayed in 2016. He walked across the field and gave a, a Peyton Manning a little hug. The truth of the matter is, as I said at the top, uh, respect never goes out of style. Class never goes out of style. And it's easy to show those things when things are going well. I think you're spot on, Bobo. He just lost control, and he had a lighter moment situation, and there was a buildup that overflowed. But I'm in agreement. I don't don't want to throw away the baby with the bathwater because if you're going to – at the end of the day, if you're going to compete at a high level, you have to respect (laughs) your opponent. I like that metaphor. But you have to really respect your opponent. And if you're going to have success – on this high level of Division One basketball or even or even beyond. Uh, Brian Finley, what are your thoughts on what happened last Sunday and your uh, take on 
handshake lines in general. Bernie, I think that this is not a story about, or it shouldn't be, about whether or not handshakes are something that need to be continued. This is more so a look at Juwan Howard in the sense, as Bobo mentioned, an overreaction and him not able to administer self-control. This was somebody who has been feeling the pain of a really embarrassing season for a very proud man who has led a team a year ago to the Elite Eight, really resurrecting the program. And then a year of adversity and hurdles and losses have been piling up. And to me, it just kind of came out. This was his way of venting, and it wasn't a healthy way of venting. It's sort of like, let's say, Bernie, you had a bad day at work. Maybe a boss yelled at somebody, and you get in your car, and somebody drives in front of you. You think that they're cutting you off. You get into some form of road rage, and it's like you got to find better places to release that. It comes down to him not having those outlets, and then it kind of comes out sideways, gets him in trouble, and obviously brings in some some negative attention too. All right, so how about the future handshake lines going all the way down to high school and Little League? Do we keep them? I really don't think they're necessary because, Bernie, I've had the same stuff that, that you were talking about with, like, I remember as kids, you know, they would, like, spit in your hand and do all these things. It's it, It's... What are you doing there other than you have to think about it from a greater good. The greater good is you're playing a game, and I get the whole sportsmanship thing, but you don't need to do some things for the sake of – I mean, what do you think, Bernie? The The purpose of this is to do what? To teach the kids about sportsmanship? Is that sort of what, what they think when things aren't going well? I think so. I think so, and I and – I, I, I respect anybody's opinion who thinks they're outdated. I still say sports teach great life lessons. And since the vast majority of these handshake lines proceed without incident, I, I don't see the point in, in canceling those. But maybe I'm willing to listen to an alternative opinion. The key is, is like you said, yeah, of course it's a sportsmanship situation. Think about it. If you're on the winning side and you competed, the other team competed, you played within the framework of the rules, and all of a sudden they turn their back on you when the game's over, that's not right either. Well, you're not going to bat a 1,000. You know, no one goes undefeated unless, of course, you're, you know, Floyd Mayweather or, or Rocky Marciano or the 72 Dolphins, but I digress. Uh, Ricky, what are your thoughts on what happened Sunday, and should we continue with handshake lines? Juwan Howard's reaction was... It totally, totally overboard. Uh, the fact that he explained himself and said he felt um, threatened. This man put his uh, hands on me. Uh, I'm not buying it. I'd, I'd respect him more if he just said, I don't like the man and I wanted to hit him. And um, in terms of handshake lines going forward, I, I don't think... They're necessary. I, I'm, I'm with Brian. It, they just seem, they seem like a, a, a almost like a, like it, they have to do it for, for an, and to hold an image or, or something like that. It, it, they don't seem genuine. They might not be. Uh, I think you got, you know, like Bobo just said, you got two UFC guys knocking the crap out of each other. You got to kind of bite your lip and and. and and stand up, um, you know. You, you, every year, every four years, a president's elected, 
and 60 million people voted for the person who lost, you still got to get up in front of the crowd and face the music. And, and it's, look, yeah, you're it depends too, on the party. <laughs> you mean like when Hillary didn't show up? Exactly. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. I'll tell you what, I want to circle back around, guys, because I want to, I want what, what I'd like to do is interject a situation that took place last Sunday that's been sort of neatly ignored. Shouldn't Greg Gard have maybe got at least one game because he had chances to let the situation simmer, but he didn't. He shouldn't, maybe perhaps should not have stepped in front of Juwan Howard, should have let it go and dealt with it later. He could have called him on the phone three days later. Whatever, I know it's easy for me to say. Uh, Bobo, your thoughts. Shouldn't Greg Gard perhaps received at least a one-game suspension? Um, He should have been suspended and fined. I mean, I didn't – I didn't see that much of a touch to make Jawan have to reach across those people and hit him. And the touch that I saw happened way ahead of time. And he didn't even hit the person that actually originally touched him. Right, which I never got. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't. No, no, he shouldn't have been suspended. No. He was fined 10 grand. That's fine. That's fine because you did stop this man in the middle of a thing. And yeah, no suspension. Fine is fine. No suspension. I think Jawan's. Uh, punishment was was perfect, though. You know, it's interesting because Dick Vitale, who's a great guy, he believes the time has come to eliminate the line after games of shaking hands. Doesn't like it anymore. Uh, Patrick Ewing basically said he went on a sports uh, talk station in Toronto and said he doesn't like the handshake line. He's never liked the handshake line. You just get done with a heated battle in a heated game. Um uh, Brian, what do you think? Do we continue with handshake lines? Or, or should Greg Gard have been suspended? That's the question. Well, yeah, and Bernie, just quickly to your first point, it's interesting because when you do the media after a game and you're a player in the NBA or you're a coach, they give you like a cooling off period. Like you right, go, yeah, right, that's so, right. So, so if they're doing that for media... They should do that for the handshake line because you see that there could be problems that manifest and how you can avoid some of that. It's also an unwritten rule to do a handshake line. And we've seen Bernie in baseball, as you know, a lot of unwritten rules sort of dissolve. But should Grey Guard be suspended? No. Coaches are lovey-dovey. They're very affectionate with one another. It didn't come off to me in looking, just right now, looking back at how both he and Guard and Howard sort of connected afterwards in it, it, it coaches are they, they all they hug each other they do all this stuff clearly there was something deep down that was festering within Howard he ha- didn't have an outlet and he just burst so I don't think that guard did enough to warrant a suspension all right fair enough good stuff Brian uh coming up you can't watch baseball but you can watch some of your favorite baseball movies I'll tell you what mine are but first, Let's go to the man. Well, you know, he's always asking intellectual questions. He wanted to know the other day, why is it that hot dogs come in packages of 10, but buns come in packages of 8? Brian Finley with the latest. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. Questions that I have never thought about, but but thanks to you, they, they come to mind. Kyrie Irving, 38 points for the Nets as we look at the NBA here. 126-123, to 123, Brooklyn victorious over the Bucks. The Grizzlies run past the Bulls, 116-110. to 110, A career-high 46 points for John Moran, who is having just 
an incomparable season by his accounts. The Heat overcome the Spurs 133-129. to Bam had a bio 36 points. We saw the Cavs triumph over the Wizards 92-86. to Jared Allen had a double-double. And then there was a Nikola Jokic triple-double. We're so used to seeing those from him and the Nuggets pace past the Kings 115-110. to In college basketball, Upset City inside the top 10 of the AP Top 25 poll this week. We had number one Gonzaga going down on the road to number 23 St. Mary's, 67 to 57. The Gale fans, they stormed the court afterwards. The students were excited. Number two, Arizona got an L on the road to Colorado, 79 to 63. And what do you know? The Buff student section, they came onto the court afterwards in celebratory fashion. Number three, Auburn goes down on the road, 67-62 to 17th-ranked Tennessee. Michigan State and Tom Izzo, they battle back and take out number four, Purdue, 68-65. And number 10, Baylor, who is trying to defend their national championship. Well, they got a signature winning its number five, Kansas, in Waco, 80-70. We've also been discussing Major League Baseball and those negotiating, and as Bernie would probably say, putting negotiating in air quotes here, those talks between the league and the Players Association regressing on Saturday in regards to getting a new labor deal so that they can actually have a season. Although things took a step back yesterday, the union and the league are going to meet today, which is going to be the seventh straight day they have convened. And if you follow a lot of the insiders, the pundits that are closely following these negotiations, there still seems to be so much between both sides that they haven't really hashed out. And finally, Honda Classic PGA Tour third round complete in Daniel Berger, 11 under, five stroke lead heading into Sunday. Later today, he will tee off, had a 69 on Saturday. With that, let's get it back to our man in Las Vegas, Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks so much, Brian. I think I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to move the favorite baseball movies to next hour after we do uh, What My Name and What Kind of Brand New Fool because there's another name in the news. I'm going to loop in the crew real quickly on this as well. Between Juwan Howard, Aaron Rodgers, his name has been in the news every day. The question is, will he return to Green Bay? What does that mean for Devontae Adams, who would replace Aaron Rodgers? It's not so easy because Rodgers still, for him to say, I'm not going to be back in Green Bay, he'd have to retire. Or he could demand a trade, and it's up to the Packers whether or not they're willing to trade him. I certainly wouldn't. I I don't think that Brian Gutekunst wants to be the guy known as the guy who traded uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, this starts to come a little more clear March 6th. That's the final day to use the franchise tag. And if they franchise tag Devontae Adams and Tom Clements, one of uh, Rodgers' former uh, quarterback coaches is there. It's all set up for Rogers to go somewhere and start over. It seems to me would not make a hell of a lot of sense, but um, you never know what can happen. Stranger things have happened. What started this whole thing is last Tuesday. And after his appearance on the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers comes out with this gratitude filled 
Instagram post and hasn't said he's decided on his future, but his future is linked to Devontae Adams and the team's offseason plans. Then he went on to thank Shailene Woodley and everybody all the way down to his fifth grade teacher. It got pretty sappy. So finally, I started to kill myself with a chainsaw, but I couldn't get the chainsaw to start. So I've had about enough of Aaron Rodgers and the drama. Are you coming back or not? Bobo, is Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay or not? Don't, don't care. Right. No, 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 no. I get that, man. I get that. I get that. But you got an opinion. You got to have an opinion. Yeah. I don't care. Like Aaron Rodgers is just doing this because he's Aaron Rodgers and people care. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like that frat boy that go to your high school that just wants all the attention. Talk about me True. now. Talk about me. True. And how you said him going somewhere starting fresh, it wouldn't help him. I mean, it helped Tom Brady. So it is a chance he can go somewhere that actually will work for him. But I just don't care like i'm tired of talking about this season after season after season you got mad that they drafted jordan love then you went on a little hissy fit rant then you didn't want to play there then you come back and play you blow the first game and the whole topic of last year was does aaron Rodgers still have it well he proved that he still has it which means that green bay's not going to get rid of him He's not going anywhere. He's going to be there next year, and there's nothing he can do about it because he signed that damn contract. That's the way I feel as well. And to be fair, just to set the record straight on Brady, his contract had been fulfilled and completed, and it was pretty obvious that New England was not going to offer him a new one. Or the one they did was sort of a token contract for a lot less money, so that was sort of a green light. You're free to go. Rodgers, uh, not so much. But to your point, I, I – I, uh, I, I underscore your sentiment. I, I don't really care. He's not nearly as interesting as he wants himself to be. To be. He's a smart guy. He's a thoughtful guy. I think he's a if great you go, quarterback. No doubt about it. First one ballot the, Hall of Famer. One of the best. Like I'm, I'll never take that from him. Sure. I just don't care where you play anymore. I'm just tired of talking about it. It's like you know, almost he, like when LeBron did that years ago. I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. It was cool then, and when he left, I was like, so I don't care where he plays after this. You came, you went somewhere, you chased a ring, you went back to Cleveland to give him a ring. I don't care where you went. I'm happy you're in a Lakers uniform, but I don't care. No, you, you bring up a good point, because it feels like they drag it out and milk it for all it's worth. And if you look at Aaron Rodgers' history, I said this uh, last summer when I did some shows. I think Bobo, we did the shows five to eight uh, several shows last July, and I talked about Rodgers as a guy who's grown up with a chip on his shoulder, who always felt like he had to do twice as much to get half as much respect. He was unheralded on his high school football team, didn't have a single scholarship, had to go to a junior college, ends up at Cal, has to fight his way through there, dropped on draft day, sat behind uh, Brett Favre for three or four years in that debacle, and now, for some reason, He's never let, I don't think he's ever let go of that. You're right. He's a great quarterback. I make the distinction between the two, between the quarterback and the person. And just, you know, tell me when you made a decision already. I really don't care. He's going to go back on the Pat McAfee show this Tuesday with more sappiness. And I don't think I'll be uh, listening. Uh, Brian Finley, is Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay next year? Oh, he is definitely back. And, Bernie, of all those things that you pointed out where he's been slighted, he can't let go of that because that fuels his drive. And because it fuels his drive on the field, it's part of him. And that's where it also leaks out off the field. And you see all these other things that sort of complicate him and make him such a, a mercurial person. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it, it all stems back to, like you said, Bernie, he's been slighted time after time. And whether it's on the field or not, he has to find a way to kind of stick it back to everybody. 
Ricky Herrera, bring us home. Is Ricky is uh, Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay? Bernie, the total Aaron Rodgers move is to create as much premeditated speculation as he can yeah. and stay in Green Bay. Totally. He will. Yeah. We're in agreement, gentlemen. Good stuff. All right, coming up, we bring you back out to Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't leave without him. Mackinac Sports, Mackenzie Rivers. This is the part you want to pay attention to. Mackenzie was hot in the NBA last year. He's going to look ahead to the Sunday NBA card later today and give you three best bets. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We bring you back out to Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. At this time last year, he uncovered an NBA trend that ended up being, I think, north of 60%. And it may involve the first of three best bets you have as the Sixers invade New York. Indeed it does. And by the way, Bernie, how time flies. It was actually more than two years ago, early February 2020, that I came on this. You gave me the opportunity to come on a national radio show. Pretty exciting. And I said, hey, this is the number one trend I'm seeing right now. NBA road favorites between five points and ten points, so that mid-range, I said, they just seem to be running away with these games late. The way scoring keeps going up, I don't think the algorithms that the NBA markets bookmakers are using are catching up to it. Well, it's been two years. It's been more than two years. And here are the results of just that simple, you know, back, I mean, no handicapping, no sophistication, just road favorites in that mid-range. 188 winners. 164 losers, better than 53%, just betting that trend the last two-plus years. Now let's get into it. Obviously, that's not a great percentage, but you could bet every single one and make a little profit. That's good numbers. I like the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow in the early game, the matinee game at the New York Knicks. Let me get into the Knicks first, and then I'll touch on the Sixers, the more exciting story. The Knicks, Tom Thibodeau has had a Coach of the Year season in each of his first years in a new team, three different teams, and he's had a very disappointing injury-plagued season the second game. Seems like he's just playing his players too much. Julius Randle, most minutes in the league last year. Derrick Rose, old age, ton of minutes. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and the Knicks have been disappointing. And when the Knicks are disappointing, you see it in the crowd enthusiasm. Last year, 61% against the spread at home. We saw it in the playoffs Mm, with the Trey Young chance. They were, they were raucous. This year, they're 42%. No one really cares. They're outside of the playoffs. It's not that loud in there. In fact, if you take out last year and you go and look at the last 15 years of New York Knicks basketball, only 47% against the spread at home, not getting it done. I think the Knicks have another quiet, not quiet evening, or rather matinee. Now let's get into the 76ers. 12. That is the number from James Harden's debut against the Timberwolves that you have to keep attention to. Because if he plays like this, they are a serious contender. James Harden scored 25 points on 12 field goal attempts, and he had 12 assists to go along with it to feed the MVP favorite Joel Embiid. I talked about uh, last hour how Jokic, I think, has more value 
I think the way the way Harden's playing, that's why he has more value. And Bede is going to get a little bit less shine if Harden plays this well. I think they keep it up. I think they're excited to play again together. I like the 76ers minus seven and a half at the New York Knicks tomorrow in the early game. Here's a question for you. So you brought up the Knicks record against the spread. Moribund, correction from last year. Philly's right around the number. They're 30 and 29 against the spread this year, which means they're 50.9 percent. ATS, but with Harden in the lineup. I don't know what that line would have been. I still still think it would have been right around seven. So I don't know if they've they've adjusted for Harden or have they? It's funny because they adjusted for Harden uh, clearly from him not playing to playing is a big deal. But from that move from having Seth Curry and having Andre Drummond, the two pieces they traded up for Harden, it was actually not that big of a power ratings adjustment that I saw, only a point and a half. I think that's kind of light. And I think he showed in his debut, Harden did against the Timberwolves, he's much more ready to go, much closer to that MVP level he was at his peak than, than, he, than we've seen so far this season. Maybe he was kind of sandbagging it in Brooklyn. So far, that's what the early, early results tell us. So your second bet's interesting as well because the, the Boston Celtics have been absolutely hot of late, laying a fairly big number. They're 50% right down the middle against the spread this year. Meanwhile, Indiana, about 47%. On paper, though, Boston, the much better team. Yes, on paper, the metrics. And speaking of metrics, if you go to NBA538.com right now, you know, lauded prediction website, the number one team to win the NBA championship, according to their metrics, the Boston Celtics. I'm seeing a lot of the same love when I break down the numbers. If you look at since the turn of the year, and a lot of teams had COVID stuff in December, a lot of teams had injuries. So let's say since the, since the calendar changed, who's been the best teams? The Boston Celtics have been the best team. Yeah. Power rating, I mean, defensive-wise, it's not even close between them and the second-best team. And now we face Indiana, a team that's completely in flux. Last year, they were a, a defensive, slow team centered around Sabonis and Turner. They're changing all of that around. They brought in Buddy Heald. They brought in Halliburton. They're experimenting. They're scoring a lot of points, but their defense is giving up even more. I think the Celtics, in a wild one, maybe up-and-down game with a few lead changes, break it down, break it away in the fourth quarter and end up covering the seven-point number. Now, this next game has me the most intrigued by far. Utah catching a short number at Phoenix. Phoenix has covered the number 55% of the time this year, 33 and 27. Meanwhile, Utah well under 500, 44%. However, no Chris Paul. How much do you factor that into your handicap? I think it's massive. I think it's massive because of uh, the fact that Cameron Payne, the Suns' backup point guard, has not been healthy. He's been dealing with a wrist injury. Now, let's look at Chris Paul. Obviously, before the bubble, he wasn't with the team. Devin Booker and co. won eight straight games. Amazing. And he didn't miss money games, but he missed four games last year, and the Suns ended up going 4-0. Missed one game so far this year. They win the first game, but then they lose the second right. one, so they break that. Streaks end in 13. I've said it a million times. It's funny how that works. I do think the Utah Jazz have to make a statement here. I think the Phoenix Suns are, are content. They're 80 90% to, to control the number one seed. I think Monte Williams is gearing up for what would really make a difference in that season, and that's playoff success. The Jazz have to make a statement. They've had infighting the entire season between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. They had a terrible January where they lost 8 of 9 at one point. 
Now they got to claw themselves out of that hole, try to get back to where they were last year as the number one seed. Well, Donovan Mitchell is making his case for being a number one NBA All-NBA team. Because since he's been back, the Jazz, like they turned on a dime, have immediately looked like the Jazz have looked the last two years. He came back from an ankle injury seven games ago, Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz are 6-1 and one straight up, 4-2 and two against the number, and they're plus minus net rating per game, plus 19. That's like double what we expect from the best team in the league. So the Jazz getting it done with Mitchell back. I expect them to beat the Suns. I like them plus one at Phoenix. Just got about five seconds, but the Lakers laying a point and a half at New Orleans tomorrow. What am I missing? I don't understand it. The Lakers, they have the better players. All these lines are wrong, but they just underperform time after time. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. We'll catch you next week, buddy. Coming up, your favorite part of the show. What kind of brand new fool are you? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Fox Sports Sunday train rolls right on. Three down, one to go. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Joined by my capable crew, Bobo. Great job stepping in tonight. Of course, Ricky Herrera also sitting in for Bo and Brian Finley on the updates. But it's just that time in the show. It's your favorite hour. Because every day in the world, or certainly right here on our U.S. soil, Somebody does something ridiculous that we affectionately refer to as what kind of brand new fool are you? Well, you tell me, because today's segment takes us to Broward County, Florida, where a gentleman by the name of Matt decides he's going to hold up a hardware store. What does he do it with? He walks in with a bow and arrow. Can't make this stuff up, folks. Matt in Broward County walks in with a bow and arrow, gets arrested, promptly finds out while he's arrested, yet yes, yes, you're not going to believe it. He actually had a warrant for his arrest for a prior burglary. Now, all of that makes him plenty foolish. But you know what makes him what kind of brand new fool are you? He stole the bow and arrow. And how did he stare it, steal it? 
He stuffed it down his pants. What kind of brand new fool are you? Bobo, welcome to the show, buddy. What kind of brand new fool are you? What kind of, what have you got for us? You know what, man? <laughs> this one uh, goes back to actually happened today at the gym. I <laughs> love it. There was a lady that was pulling into a parking spot at the gym. So as the as you come into the parking spot, the lady is in her SUV and she's trying to we think go forward into her parking spot, like into the parking spot that she had pulled into. So traffic kind of stopped. I was the second car behind. When she goes to make that right turn, we all think, okay, she's in her parking spot. So the car in front of me goes up. The car that the lady in the car just starts to back up and literally almost nicks the car in front of me because she was backing into another spot. Oh, so she pulled perfectly into one spot and then decides, you know what? I'm going to park back here and backs up and almost hits the other car. We almost had bumper cars here, fella. Pretty much. All right. Nice debut by Bobo. What kind of brand new fool are you? Uh, Brian Finley, show Ricky how it's done. Yeah. So Bernie and Bobo and, and Ricky. So here, here's how it goes. Sometimes you're famous for what you do. And sometimes you're famous because you're related to somebody. Jackson Mahomes, he's been in the news. He's had some shenanigans before. Now, this is according to TMZ Sports. So Jackson Mahomes, of course, is the brother of Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback and Super Bowl winning QB. Jackson recently reached out to this snack company called Rare Munchies. And their owner tells TMZ Sports that Mahomes, not Patrick, but Jackson, who has found himself in trouble before via social media, sent a DM to the owner of Rare Munchies and said, hey, man, can I get like a $250 care package? Can you just like send it to me? So the owner replies back and says, absolutely. With one condition, can you please make sure that when you receive it, that you post it on social just to give us some publicity, right? Some love. And Jackson says, yeah, sure. No problem. So the DM was sent, hey, it should have arrived. And then there was no response from Mahomes. And the owner kept trying to ask Jackson, have you received the package? Nothing from him. You can see that if you look at his DM Instagram, that he looked at it, but never wanted to respond. Eventually, it came to a point where the owner of Rare Munchies went on TikTok, blasted Jackson Mahomes, who then heard word of, found out about this, and finally responded, but honestly, admitted that he didn't get the, the package and essentially what's going on here I'll leave you with this Bernie and what a brand new fool are you is that Jackson Holmes wanted free stuff didn't do his part of the deal got called out and still is not one to say I did it when clearly, you know, he was in the wrong. What are you doing? What kind of brand new fool are you? Well, that's what happens when you try to take advantage when you're the brother of yeah. a famous brother, the perhaps the best quarterback in the National Football League. All right, Ricky Herrera, what have you got for us? What kind of brand new fool are you? Okay, Bernie, so I'm going to take us uh, back a couple years. Okay. And we're going back to the NBA bubble 
at Walt Disney World. Uh, yes. Paul. <laughs> I remember it well. Paul George, uh, we all remember his uh, infamous uh, side of the backboard shot and uh, complete collapse in that uh, playoffs to the Denver Nuggets. And now we come to learn that he is blaming it on not being able to sleep. And the sleeping gummies he was recommended to remedy the problem did not work. He was on... Serge Ibaka's podcast and relate all of this a couple years later, finally giving everyone an answer. But I have to ask, what kind of brand new fool are you, Paul George? Outstanding uh, work there, Ricky. And I, I remember that very well. As a matter of fact, I commonly refer to it as, and Brian, I remember this, the Hotel California League playoffs, because you can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. All right. That's for you Eagles fans. We take that great job, guys. We morph right into another fan favorite, a little quiz show that we call What My Name. All right, so why don't we do this? Let's dive right into the game, What My Name. And if we can find the ticker, great. If not, we've all got five seconds. Today's theme, today's theme has to do with baseball work stoppages. There have been eight work stoppages in the history of Major League Baseball since collective bargaining began. Five of the eight, there were no games lost. This one might be a little different. But let's play the game called What My Name. So let's go back to 1972. And in 1972, baseball had a work stoppage. I was the commissioner in 1972 when they had that work stoppage. Bobo, what my name? Go to, go to Brian. I need a second on this one. No problem. Brian Finley, what my name? I was the commissioner in the first work stoppage in 1972. You there, Brian? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Now I'm, now I'm on. Teddy Roosevelt. Very good guess. I'm sorry. The judges will not allow it. Ricky Herrera, what my name? I was the commissioner during the work stoppage in Major League Baseball in 1972. Ah. Uh... It's not Pete Rozelle. I'm going to say Bud Selig. Not a bad guess. And Pete Rozelle was actually the football commissioner back then. The answer is Bowie Kuhn. I'm sure you guys remember that name, Bowie Kuhn. Oh, yeah, Bowie Kuhn. I now, swear, in 1985, I there was another work stoppage. This one only lasted a couple of days. I was a commissioner during the work stoppage in the summer of 1985. Bobo, what my name? Was it Bobo. Close, very close. <laughs> His nickname might have been Bobo for all I know. Uh, let's move on to Brian Finley. 1985, the work stoppage was just a few days. What my name? I was the commissioner. The next commissioner that comes to mind, I don't think it's the right sport. Paul Tagliabue. You're close. He was actually the commissioner of the NFL before Roger Goodell. But good guesses, guys. All right, Ricky Herrera, see if you can save the day. I was the commissioner during the several-day work stoppage in Major League Baseball, 1985. What my name? 85, 85. I'm Don Henley? You know what? I believe he was in a band called the Eagles, wasn't he? Yes. John Hanley, am I thinking I have the wrong guy? Again, very good guesses across the board. Again, I think you guys might kick yourself. It was Peter Uberoff. Remember Peter mm. Uberoff? Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him two days ago. He was actually him. the guy. He, well, he actually presided over the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles and did such a stellar job. He ended up being baseball commissioner. Right, now, this next one's a little tougher. But he was a gentleman who presided over the Pete Rose stuff. 1990, there was a work stoppage in spring training. There was a lockout, but they got it worked out. Only missed 27 days or something. 
I was the commissioner during the 1990 work stoppage. What my name, Bobo? Mike Piazza. Close. Very close. One of my favorites. The pride of Philadelphia. Hall of Famer. Were you? Did you like him when he was on the Dodgers? Oh, I loved him. That's why I actually became a Dodger fan. You're very nice. All right. All right. I was the commissioner in 1990 during the work stoppage in spring training. Brian Finley, what my name? Pete Rose. Very close. Very close. Perhaps he should be commissioner since now we have legalized sports betting. All right, Ricky. We'll see if we can uh, bring it home. Uh, 1990, I was the commissioner during the work stoppage in spring training in Major League Baseball. What my name? I'm going to try this again. Bud Selig. Close, but uh. no cigar. Faye Vincent. Faye Vincent. Hang on, oh, Rob That's my Schne- cousin's baby daddy. Rob Schneider. <laughs> oh, no, he's stuck again. All right, we're, we're going to get we're gonna get this one, guys. I guarantee it. I guarantee we're going to get this one. 1994. Now, this was the one that canceled the World Series, lasted 232 days. I was a commissioner that presided over that debacle in 1994 and 95. What my name? Bobo. I, you know what? It's crazy. I think I might know it, and I want to say his name is Bob. Like, I, uh, I'm going with Bob. Close. <laughs> you're really not that far off. And while we're at it, if you ever seen the movie What About Bob with Bill Murray, why not? Because you can't watch baseball. All right, close. No cigar. 1994, I was a commissioner that presented over the debacle to cancel the World Series. Brian Finley, what my name? Well, I'm going with Bobo. Is it Bob Tewksbury? <laughs> he just wrote a great book, by the way. Interesting guy about psychology and sports, former major league pitcher. What I like about this is you guys are coming up with damn good names. I mean, I know you're goofing on it, but that's part of the, that's all part of the fun, okay? All right, Ricky. I don't think we've ever gone 0 for 9, and I don't think we're going to tonight. I got faith in you, Ricky. Third time's I, a charm. 1994, I presided over the debacle. Cancel World Series, 232 days. I was the commissioner. What my name? Who is Bud Selig? Winner, winner, winner! Although the judges will remind you, will admonish you. You don't have to phrase it in the form of a question. This is not Jeopardy. But I love the effort. I love the effort. All right, great job, guys. Coming up, you can't watch baseball, but you can watch some baseball movies. I'll give you my favorite baseball movies. Five of them. Maybe we'll bring in the crew here, too. Not who I think is the best or whatever. Just my favorite. Why not? Have a little fun. You can't watch baseball, but you can still watch a baseball movie. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. So keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios here in Las Vegas. And we've devoted a significant amount of time tonight talking about the Major League Baseball players and the owners uh, putting their heads together, making a rock pile, almost assuring that the season will not start on time. I've been talking about this for a couple of years. Just follow my tweet line. You can even see what I tweeted last Monday. So since we can't watch uh, baseball games, well, we can watch baseball movies. And, I've, you know, it's a topic that's sometimes kind of lame, but I think in this point it's appropriate because it reminds us why you fell in love with the game in the first place. My favorite movie, baseball of all time, baseball movies, by far Moneyball. And what it did, it chronicled the 2002 Oakland A's, and it really took you behind the scenes and how the concept of reevaluating and scouting talent could em- employ a series of numerical patterns. And with a with a reduced payroll, they made it to the playoffs. And it's based on a book, and it's the real story of basically the aberta- the adaptation of of metrics and saber metrics. And it's a complex story. And Brad Pitt actually does a great job. He sold it. Jonah Hill does a great job, but it really highlights the demarcation between the gut and the laptop, right? And the the moment baseball jumped over it, the fact of the matter is I respect analytics. I always have believed that they are an inflexible, they are a, a guideline, not an inflexible anchor. So you need both. The game's played by human beings, but Moneyball was wildly entertaining to me. I'm a huge baseball fan. Obviously, and I talked about this, Bobo may remember last summer, I did some shows on the Sunday night 5-8 to eight slot. Field of Dreams, uh, I talked about it at length. It was around the time baseball did their Field of Dreams celebration, and they played that game, which, again, they're going to do another one. I think Iowa Sam went to that game. Uh, but uh, the Field of Dreams, it's not really a movie about baseball anyway. It's about unresolved conflict and the, the power of faith and belief and hope. It, it resonates, though, because baseball, like no other sport, it transcends the adolescent bond between fathers and sons. And although there's a little fantasy in most sports uh, dramas and overcoming obstacles and and looking at magical moments, uh, you know, I think Field of Dreams also becomes a story about believing in the magic of sports, okay? And fathers and sons, the hard work, uh, the play, disconnecting the past, reconnecting. Uh, It could be as simple as a game of catch, powerful performances by Kevin Costner and, and, and James Earl Jones. It's a movie that very much resonated with a lot of people. And I know there are factions of people that make fun of it, but they're very much in the minority. Thirty the movie came out in eighty nine and it's still still very relevant and it it just you know, it's it spiked the the old phraseology, if you build it they will come, right? The natural is actually also one of my favorite baseball movies. It's it's it may be some people think it's the greatest baseball movie of all time. I don't really know, but I, it's one of the great sports films because it tells a story. It's a fable. And a lot of movies don't tell stories anymore. And it's obviously the story of Roy Hobbs. He's a promising young prospect. He's got this great career ahead of him. It's in the 1930s when he uh, 
he's shot uh, by a female, uh, and uh, 16 years later, after the fact, he's 19, now all of a sudden at 35, he's not ready to let go of his love of the game, and he gets signed to this team called the New York Knights. Now, again, it's more than a story about baseball. It's about someone who's approaching their middle age in life, and they're living their dream despite the naysayers, and it's a tale about a guy who, against all odds, discovers he's going to find his fulfillment uh, through the game of baseball. And then, of course, at the end, you know, it's a lot of Hollywood. Hobbs hits the two big home runs, the one that breaks the clock, and the showstopper at the end that knocks out the lights literally. One of the things that one of the things to me that can make or break a great movie or make a movie greater is the soundtrack. And Randy Newman's soundtrack is incredible. Just play the soundtrack without even watching the movie, and it takes you over. And it's sort of like the ultimate, you know, uh, icing on the cake. And it was a great summer classic back in in 1984. Eight Men Out to me is also uh, one of the my favorite top five favorite. Again, it's a true story. It's 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 the probably the enduring reason, the, the primary reason why Pete Rose will never be voted into the Hall of Fame because what it does. It chronicles the story of the 1919 Black Sox and how they conspired to fix the World Series because they were unified against their cheapskate owner and they fell prey to the lure of big money from gamblers. But the price they would pay, especially that of shoeless Joe Jackson, who was never vindicated, would be rendered basically over an entire lifetime and even beyond. I mean, there are organizations now still trying to get shoeless Joe Jackson um, into the Hall of Fame posthumously. But try to imagine, you know, go back 100 years in a world where baseball players, I mean, they, they were not paid millions and millions of dollars. Back in 1919, you know, when you played Major League Baseball, you had to get a job in the offseason and you had trouble paying your bills. And they threw the World Series uh, because they're what they considered to be their cheapskate owner who'd promised him bonuses if they made certain thresholds the year before. He yanked those back off the table. And the movie, if you really watch it, uh, it's obviously not in the theaters anymore, but you got to turn off all the lights, turn off your cell phones, get away from any distractions, because this is not a feel-good baseball story like The Natural or Field of Dreams or any of the other ones was, okay? It's not about redemption. It's not about this big, glorious tale of overcoming. It's a sad story about men who became very desperate and they were forced to live with the dishonor of their actions for the rest of their lives. Obviously, it spawned the catch line, catch phrase that you've no doubt heard over the years. Uh, Say it ain't so, Joe. Talking about Joe Jackson, who hit 380 in the World Series and allegedly didn't know anything about the games being fixed. Uh, allegedly, Joe Jackson was illiterate, He, but he took the money. And so, therefore, here's a guy who, by all accounts, is one of the greatest hitters in the history of baseball. But what is he linked up to? What is he most noted for? His involvement with the 1919 Black Sox. Now, I'm going to give you another movie that comes in out of left field. It's, it is super entertaining. It's on Netflix. You can find it. It's called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. It's, a tr- again, a true story, right, Kurt Russell had a dad by the name of Bing Russell, who is the ultimate showman. And he puts together this team. He puts together this independent minor league baseball team with a bunch of castoffs. 
And it's true. And the team was called the Portland Mavericks. And I want to say it took place in the mid-70s. I think 1977 was was the last year of, of their existence. But the team was owned by Bing Russell. Again, he's Kurt Russell's dad. And they were based in Oregon. And almost immediately, they caught the attention of important people, like Joe Garagiola, who was with NBC. He did a, he did a special on him. And they had players on their team like Jim Bouton, who'd been blackballed from baseball. Uh, he um, obviously Bouton wrote the book Ball Four and had a fairly distinguished career. And interestingly enough, got called up by the Atlanta Braves for a cup of coffee back in 1978 after this happened. But uh, they even had the first woman general manager and 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 the first. Uh, it was a series of firsts. Okay, uh, they had a gentleman who. Uh, who had played first base, his name escapes me. He ended up being the inventor of Big League Chew. And then you had a gentleman, a young kid, who wanted to be the bat boy in the worst way, and he won Bing Russell over, uh, and his name is Todd Field. Todd ended up going on to being an Oscar-nominated screenwriter for a, a movie called In the Bedroom. And he was just, he was the ball boy. But this was like a great minor league story. Now, I, I highly recommend you watch this because it's true and it's a documentary and there's real footage. And Bing's goal was to bring what he called the joy and fun of minor league games back to minor league stadiums. Portland had a team and they vacated because they weren't selling any tickets. He sold out and they were making $400 a month, but their motivation was simple. They wanted to, they wanted revenge. All of these guys had been blackballed. They, they had been, you know, Released, kicked out of the league, and the and the long and short of it is, even though a lot of them were past their prime, miraculously they bound together and they beat teams. They were way above 500, and uh, they got the biggest kick out of of you know you know hitting home runs off college bonus babies who weren't even old enough to shave yet. If you are a fan of the underdog and you want to watch a documentary about underdogs and it involves baseball, and it's a true story, and you'll get a particular kick out of Kurt Russell's dad, Bing Russell. I strongly recommend this movie, The Battered Bastards of Baseball. Coming up, yeah, I know you've got a lot of what I would call NFL withdrawals, but if you look at the calendar coming up, right around the corner, there's more NFL stuff, just no games until next September. But in the meantime, a lot of stuff on the NFL calendar, so market calendars will tell you all about it. But first... Let's go to the man again, a man of great intellectual curiosity. Just the other day, he asked me, Bernie, why do 7-Elevens have locks on the doors when they're open 24 hours? It's Brian Finley with the latest. Great questions to consider, Bernie. And we begin in the NBA, where the Nuggets get the job done against the Kings, 115-110. to Nikola Jokic had himself a triple-double. The Nets, winners against the Bucks, 126-123. to Kyrie Irving coming in strong with those 38 points. John Morant with 46 points. Make that a career high for him as he pilots the Grizzlies over the Bulls, 116 to 110. The Spurs fall short at the Heat, 133 to 129. Bam Adebayo had himself a 36.7 rebound in four assist performance. In college hoops, a ton of top 10 teams in the AP Top 25 poll this week that lost on Saturday, including number one Gonzaga. The the Zags fall short 
at number 23, St. Mary's, 67 to 57. So for the Bulldogs, that is their first loss in conference this year, and their regular season conference play is now done. Colorado wins over number two Arizona 79 to 63 that one was played in Boulder Colorado and afterwards they were storming the court to celebrate Jabari Walker the son of Zamaki Walker had 15 points and 14 rebounds for the Buffaloes 17th ranked Tennessee sticking it to Bruce Pearl and number three Auburn 67 to 62 as the Tigers continue to lose we also saw number four Purdue stumble at Michigan State, 68 to 65. Tenth-ranked Baylor holds it down against number five Kansas, 80 to 70. 18th-ranked Arkansas, a 75 to 73 triumph over number six Kentucky. Both teams both 23 and 6 on the season and we also saw number 7 Duke win convincingly against Syracuse 97 to 72 later on today for the 7th straight day Major League Baseball and the Players Association are going to convene but reports say that Saturday's meetings did not go so well and that the talks as they're trying to get themselves a new labor deal actually regressed to the point that there's a lot of speculation that with that deadline for Monday, which would be if they don't get a deal done, then games are going to be canceled. It seems like that's more of a possibility here, but you never know. Right, Bernie? You never know. I know you gave it 5%, so there is still a chance. We're hoping for it, but chances are not probably in favor of this getting done in time for a full 162 game regular season as they send it back to a man who played some professional baseball was a great college player and knows a thing or two about baseball itself brian you uh, you check my uh uh pin tweet currently on twitter and i it's time stamp from last monday and that was the last in a long line a long series of tweets essentially yeah. uh, being as emphatic as I can humanly be that there's not going to be a deal uh, Monday. And since then, the whole week's been a disaster. But anyway, great stuff, Brian. And also, uh, next week, we'll dive into another one of your intellectual questions. Why is it that kamikaze pilots bother to wear helmets? So you can share with that uh, next week. Good stuff, Brian. Thank you, Bernie. All right. NFL key calendar dates. This is real. Uh, I know you're all having some NFL withdrawals. Don't act like you're not. I've heard people talk about it tomorrow, Sunday. We're two weeks removed from the Super Bowl, a great Super Bowl, a great Super Bowl tournament. Once again, top credit to Matt Stafford and the Rams for finishing the job in the most poetic way. But won't be long. You're going to have more stuff. As a matter of fact, March 1st, yeah, time flies. It's Tuesday. NFL Scouting Combine, commonly known as the Underwear Olympics. It gets started in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. You'll watch it. You know you will. March 8th, those are the deadline for clubs to designate franchise or transition players. You'll keep an eye on that because that affects Green Bay. That affects Devontae Adams. Then you morph into March 14th. You've got a 48-hour period there where players who uh, don't have agents or become unrestricted free agents as their contract expires, can begin a two-day negotiating period for uh, if you're an un, you know unrestricted free agent. You get to March 16th. It's the trading period. That begins at 4 o'clock on March 16th. Listen, there have been trades. 
there have been trades, and and you never know what can happen this year. And one of the things that I would say is most interesting is how many folks might really continue to follow the model that the Rams, which got them a Super Bowl, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, the year before. Then you've got the annual league meetings, uh, March 27th through the 30th, and then things start to really take off from there. On April 4th, if you're an NFL team that just hired a new coach after the end of the 2021 regular season, you can begin your off-season workout programs. On April 18th, clubs with returning head coaches, they may begin off-season workout programs, as you recall. I believe there are eight new hires this year. Uh, and so those eight new teams, eight coaches, can start April 4th. All the returning coaches, including Sean McVay, I never really believed he was going to go to TV. The man loves to be around football, coach football. His day will come, but he's a young pup, been to the Super Bowl twice already in five years. He's done a phenomenal job. They do want to run it back. be fun to watch next year. April 20th, that becomes the deadline to bring draft-eligible players to you, your you know respective NFL facilities for physical examinations because guess what comes up eight days after that? First, April 22nd, that's the deadline for restricted free agents to sign offer sheets. April 27th, that becomes the deadline for prior clubs to exercise their right of first refusal for restricted free agents. And I do expect there to be a fair amount of movement again this year. Then April 27th, it's the last day, it's the deadline for an NFL team to time you, to test you, to interview draft-eligible players because guess what happens next? April 28th, be here before you know it, between April 28th and April 30th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the NFL draft right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. So the NFL... They march right along, and they've got a collective bargaining agreement. It may not be perfect. I think it runs another nine or ten years. So if baseball continues to dilly-dally, the NFL will have no problem taking their spot in the sun and continuing to be the real hot stove league. Baseball used to be the hot stove league. Not so much anymore. There are plenty of activities in the next eight weeks to keep you interested and engaged in watching the NFL. Coming up, we're two weeks away from Selection Sunday. What are the odds? What teams are capable of cutting down the nets on April 4th in the national championship game in New Orleans? Las Vegas odds makers, handicappers have weighed in. We believe it's a wide-open tournament. We'll share the numbers with you coming up. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. So keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto. Come to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Before we go any further, special thanks to my crew tonight. Things happen in life, and it takes pros to step in so we can keep the train rolling. Uh, Bull Benson, who's been solid, he's sick tonight. Uh, Ricky Herrera steps right up, did a fine job. Uh, Ricky, are you working on any shows tomorrow or, or Sunday later today? We'll come back to you, Ricky. Uh, Bobo, uh, at the last minute, found out Chris Perfett, who's been rock solid for me, uh, is very sick. Bobo steps right up. Uh, you know, doesn't miss a beat. Goes right through the show. Bobo, can't thank you enough. Are you working uh, any show Sunday? or No, I'm actually – It was they asked me to come in. Since this is a long shift, it's kind of hard for sure to have me do that flip. Uh, Rick's here, too. We was actually planning for the next show. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I threw it to Ricky. I'm not sure if he heard me. I don't know if he was – okay, same situation. Because I know, aren't you with Covino and Rich typically on Sunday nights, Bobo? Or? Yeah. I usually come in around like 4.30, and I'm here until about 11. Yeah. Uh, but because I'm not getting off today until like 8.30 – like yeah, it's gonna be kind of a tight turnaround. That's right. No, that no, you got to get your beauty rest, man. Yeah, because I'm ugly. <laughs> Good night, folks. You better great. <laughs> and of course, Brian Finley on the updates, uh, rock solid. Uh, listen, great job, guys. Uh, this all kind of came together uh, at the end. Can't thank you enough for your dedication and professionalism. Uh, this isn't easy. The idea is to make it look easy, and you all did. So good job tonight on the show and keeping the train uh, rolling along. So two weeks from today, we've got Selection Sunday, and it's for whatever reason, and I'm going to get into this. i got some good guests in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure if it's me or what, but is, does it seem like – March Madness and the whole NCAA tournament, for some reason this year, uh, has not really had liftoff, for lack of a better term. And I'm not sure if it's the, you know, the recognized marquee name, Star Power. There's not a lot of household names. There is no real top, I would say, uh, uh, dominant team like, like Kentucky was back in 2015 or Kansas has been and Duke has been. And certainly last year you had Gonzaga and you had uh, in Baylor. They were the two top dogs and Gonzaga was the favorite. Uh, but th- they were like powerhouse teams that you expected to be in the finals. You can't really say that this year. And here in Vegas, I can tell you that with Selection Sunday just two weeks away, even though Gonzaga is the favorite to win the tournament. They're plus 450 at Bet MGM. And remember, they're fresh off losing to Baylor in the championship game last year. What's interesting is there are 11 teams with odds of less than 20 to 1, 26 teams with odds of less than 100 to 1. It's regarded this year as the most wide open tournament in decades. 
It really is a Caesar Sportsbook. They put the numbers out, and the belief is there are a lot of very good teams. You can call Gonzaga the top dog, but odds makers here in Las Vegas, they can actually see a path to where potentially 15 teams have a shot of winning the title. I'm not talking about a long shot, you know, shooting BBs at the moon, needling a haystack, but legitimate shots because – I just mentioned Gonzaga was plus four fifty. That means a hundred dollars if you bet on Gonzaga would bring back four fifty. Now I don't particularly think that's great value. They've got to win six games in a row. And right behind them are Kentucky, Arizona, and Auburn. They're all eight to one. Auburn was a hundred to one earlier in the season. Arizona was sixty to one earlier in the season. They're both down to be eight to one. Now the bottom line is that if you looked at what happened today where the top six teams that were ranked all lost, that tells you this isn't going to be so easy this year. I think a lot of brackets are going to be busted up. I uh, will have a you know we'll devote some time next week and the week after and tips and filling out your bracket. But for me it always comes down to who do you trust when the heat gets hot and it's hard to breathe. I look at coaches, I look at backcourt play, point guards particularly, and I also look at conferences. And I got to tell you when I look at the SEC, I'm not sure who they're going to match up against and who you know what seeds they will be and what gauntlet they'll have to individually face. But I would say this: the SEC is a conference I'm going to trust. Because I don't, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Auburn, whether it's Kentucky, whether it's Tennessee, these teams get on the floor and you better pack a lunch. They're going to wear you out and make sure you have to work for everything. And I would say, uh, not I would say, the books are telling me that of the top contenders, Auburn is biggest, is definitely the biggest liability. And here's the situation why, because you had a team that started out with very high odds, as I just mentioned, they were 100 to 1. People bet them, so the books have liability there. And then they continue to play well, and they start playing well, and they continue to play even better. People start to go back to them, and folks back them early. They back them currently, and people are still, to this day, taking a shot that they'll continue that progression. So when you look at a team like Auburn, coached by Bruce Pearl, they're going to be a very, very, very tough out. Will they win it all? I don't know if they can win six games. I don't know who they're going to play. I don't know if they're going to stay healthy. You know, last year I give UCLA a lot of credit because they took so much out of Gonzaga in that game, in the uh, semifinal game on Saturday night, as a huge underdog that I'm not so sure how much Gonzaga had in the tank when they played Baylor Monday night. Now, that's not to say Baylor might not have won the game anyway. But Gonzaga really left it all on the floor and emptied the tank in beating UCLA. And if you're interested, and UCLA coached by Mick Cronin all those years in Cincinnati and is right out of the gate at UCLA, he gets into the Final Four, you can get UCLA at 27-1. to The Bruins always seem to have a tournament-tested roster, and they've added a quality rim protector. They had a kid transfer in from Rutgers named Miles Johnson, They've got a veteran point guard in Tiger Campbell. And, of course, I haven't even mentioned Johnny Juzang. He's the elite scorer who can carry a team on any given night. I would say the Bruins would probably be a number three seed. They're a dark horse at 27-1. to That's pretty damn good value. So I've already told you who the biggest liability is for the books, which people have put the most on any individual team, Gonzaga. 
They're the ticket leader. There's more tickets on Gonzaga. There's more money on Gonzaga at Caesars. They even took a $30,000 wager this past week at 5-1 to one to win one hundred and fifty grand on the Zags. They're not the biggest liability because they've been short odds all year, but there have been folks holding Auburn tickets at 100-1. to one. If you really like a long shot, take a look at Alabama. They're 64-1. to one. The problem is they're a very big Jekyll and Hyde team, but I think a coach by Nate Oates, they're a hell of a, a group that can beat anybody on given, any given night. And if you look at Alabama's resume this year, they've got wins over Baylor, Houston. They've already beaten Gonzaga in, in, in Seattle. And they've beaten Tennessee. That's a nice-looking resume. So there you have it. I mean, Purdue's also knocking around at 10-1. to 1, Duke's at 12-1. to 1, Baylor's at 14-1. to 1, Villanova, you can never count out. Jay Wright, 16-1. to 1. Kansas, 16-1. to 1. Texas Tech, not so much. 16-1. to 1. Houston. Now, Kelvin Sampson got them to the Final Four last year. I'm not so sure. They're as good this year. They're 40-1. to 1. Texas is 40 to 1. Michigan State proving you can never count out Tom Izzo. They got it done at home today against Purdue. You can still get Michigan State at 50 to 1, USC 60 to 1, and right on down the line. So in the next couple weeks, we'll have a lot more March Madness coverage as it is upon us, and concert or uh, conference tournaments will also be starting. All right, folks, I want to thank everybody for listening to that. Again, thanks so much to my crew. I'm Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked right here for Brian Noe and Andy Furman. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.